Welcome to the Saucy Effect, Breaking Barriers, Embracing Success. I'm your host, Lucy Ortega, a serial entrepreneur, and this podcast will not only delve into stories of triumph, but also explore nuestra cultura and embrace our authenticity. Join our empowering community of socias, mujeres who embrace their unique power, support one another, and strive to make a positive impact. Join us in the Saucy Effect, where barriers crumble and dreams flourish. Empezamos entonces. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Saucy Effect. And today I want to do a little intro about what started my entrepreneur journey. So after college, I became a teacher. I already knew I was going to teach and I came back through TFA. I taught three years high school chemistry and then I taught two years middle school science. And then now I am a full-time business owner. But for me, entrepreneurship was not new at all. Entrepreneurship actually runs in my family, like heavily, especially on my mom's side. I mean, my grandmother was, she had all sorts of hustles. She cooked, she sold food, she had a store, cosia. She had so many different streams of income. Sadly, she passed away in 2014 when I was in college. So I actually never, she never got to see this side of me, which is something I struggle a lot with because I feel like she was grandmother que te iba a decir, like you go ahead and do it, take the opportunity. And I feel like I sometimes really wish she was here because she would have been that person that would have pushed me, even though she had no degree, even though she hasn't probably had no concept of the internet when she passed away. And I, I, I just really miss her. And her mom, my great grandmother was also an entrepreneur. And now my mom is also the same. She has different streams of income and that's how my mom has survived ever since I was a little girl. Entrepreneurship hasn't been new to me at all, but it has been new to me in the sense of like the new type of entrepreneurship that has to rise, right? The online businesses, the marketing, the social media, the putting yourself out there. A lot of these businesses that my family have had are actually businesses that you don't need any of that to actually make money. So that has been a struggle that I have had because they're kind of like, why are you putting yourself out there? But the other thing that I grew up was that it was always the men in my family starting the businesses. So all the businesses that my family ended up doing as a family afterwards were actually first started by the men in my family, Los Hermanos de Mi Mamá. Seeing that from a very young age made me feel, oh, only the men in my family are then allowed to have businesses and have the money and make the big money before that money gets passed down to the sisters because there was this big respect towards men and my family the women were never allowed they didn't feel that empowerment and, and you can see it and i can still see it in my mom where i'm like girl no like you go ahead and do it like i don't know what you're waiting for there's this really interesting story that i have with, with my mom about this topic is my my family actually when they first immigrated to la the person who helped them financially to pay for the for the coyote he, the only way you can pay him back was by selling flowers for him and eventually that man ended up getting deported so then my uncle my mom's brother took over that business and my mom would tell him hey can i sell on my own then i can make my own money and my uncle was like no you cannot do that because if you do that then everyone else is gonna want to do the same and mind you it was not just like five, 10 people, it was like 20, 30 men working under him. And obviously the profits were huge. There were like 
thousands of dollars a month and this was back in the 90s so you can only imagine how much money that is worth now growing up i saw my mom we cooked i mean as the eldest i was in charge of helping her i have i don't for a long time i and i maybe even now i don't see my mom as a mother i see her as an associate i see her as a associate i see her like a business partner because for the longest I was there, I was her right hand, always helping her. Tenemos que cocinar tamales. Okay, well, what do I do? I make the masa, I make this. I was always her her mano derecha in, in some ways when it came to her running her businesses. And if I wasn't helping her inside the businesses, I was actually taking care of my siblings. And ironically enough for me, when I would think about business as a little girl, I would think about it as survival because I saw so many people running their small businesses here in South LA from a form of survival, right? So many of them were immigrants that one didn't, couldn't find jobs or because of the immigration system that they ended up creating their own job. And in a way that's very admirable and I always admire that, but at the same time it came, that survival instinct was still attached to it, at least for me when I was a little girl. So how did I become a businesswoman? I think. It's very ironic, but I also feel that the world has a way to bringing you back to your purpose. And as much as I rejected money and rejected business for such a long time, and I just didn't see it part of my life ever, I, the world brought it to me. I always just want, because my parents had such different views of money, my dad's very content with what he has. He values just being happy. And my mom is such a go-getter, very competitive. I had a very difficult time with money because I, I felt that it was one of the main factors that made my childhood so, so miserable in a way. But so when I graduated and I just wanted to have enough money to pay my lifestyle and call it a day. And it was my after my first year of teaching i remember i realized as much as i was trying to save stay under budget i couldn't i, I couldn't like i would say i'm gonna save this amount and i just didn't and i would say i would budget and i would always go over budget trying to spend on my family trying to not even buy like super nice things it was just like spending a lo pendejo like spending little things i i i'm not a saver by nature i i just know it but that doesn't mean that you can't have the discipline and apply it so in 2018 the summer after my first year of teaching my grandfather got really really sick and i remember me and my dad went and i didn't have money to buy a flight i that's how much i didn't have so i bought the ticket on a credit card remember i used a credit card and i went because i'm like this is very important Something was telling me that this was really bad. My grandfather ended up passing away a couple months later, but just seeing my grandfather very, very sick because I got to see him. I got to hold his hand and I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't have a picture of him the last time I saw him. I wish I did, but I just couldn't take a picture of him in, in the hospital bed. I just wanted to remember him, how I had last, last seen him. And I feel like I was happier with that memory than taking him a picture, how I did not want to see him ever. So I remember we had to then go to my parents' town, which is like four hours away from the city. And we were we took a bus and I was just there in the bus with next to my dad. And it was so awkward. You know that awkwardness? Sometimes you want to say something, but you're more okay with the awkwardness of just sitting in silence and the awkwardness of saying something and then after you're like damn that was really dumb 
so i'm not gonna say anything so i was more okay with that type of awkwardness and the awkwardness of talking my dad has no sense of emotional intelligence and i just remember i'm just gonna be silent here i felt really bad because i really wanted to give my dad money I knew he was struggling financially. I can sense his emotional struggles, but I couldn't do anything. And some people might say, well, that's not your responsibility. I know, but that doesn't mean that it's not hurtful or at that moment, I'm not emotional. So I remember just thinking I need to change because if my dad's taking care of his dad, that means that I have to take care of my dad and then I have to take care of me. And then if I have kids, I'm gonna have to take care of them. That's one, two, three generations me and my dad are just like 23 years apart that means that in 23 years from now if i don't get it together i'm gonna be my dad's position and that was when i was like i have to change i have to save i have to budget i have to make money i don't know how i thought i'm gonna start a party rental business mind you i don't party we don't have parties my family's very conservative we don't have parties if we go to a party a family party we're just there sitting in silence we don't even play music i don't even know how this party rental business came to mind all i remember is thinking i live in la there's a lot of people there's a lot of parties boom party rental business it is i need to make money because what I earn as a teacher, it's not bad. I'm not gonna say it's super bad, but again, um, it's coming from someone who was single, who has no kids. So of course, like my income was actually not bad and I had really good benefits with my first school. So I wasn't in a terrible position, but I'm like, this is still not it. I want more. I really love that day. I love it and I hate it. I hate it for the reason that I was there, but I really love that day in the sense that at that moment, my idea, I was like, we're doing this. And a lot of the times, so many other ideas have come to mind where I stop myself and I question it and I question it again and I think of all the cons. But that specific day, I was like, no, this is happening. This is happening. Like, I'm in Mexico right now. When I get back, we're buying the party rental business. We're starting. And I feel that that is how I, I always think back when I, now that every time I struggle with something, I go back and I, and I really ask my body and I ask myself, feel that empowerment you felt then. Feel that urgency because it was urgency at the at the end of the day. I, if I have to describe that moment, it was urgency. I needed to do it now, right there and then. And I remember coming back, going to my credit union, which was schools first, or is schools first because I'm a teacher or I was a teacher and I have my account there with them. And I said, I am looking for a 10 grand loan because I'm buying a business and I got approved. And within a year and a half, I paid off the 10 grand. I paid off 20 grand in consumer debt and my graduate, my, my master's program for education. And ever since then, I fell in love with business. That doesn't mean it hasn't been tough. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to tell you about all the different barriers I have gone through as a business owner, Oath's daughter, as a first gen, as many different identities we ha I have, but also to, and others, because I want, we will have guests, but also share how we have embraced that success. And that's the other part of the podcast. We, we have broken barriers. You have broken barriers, many. But one of the things I notice a lot, especially in women, queer folks, other marginalized communities, is how hard it is to embrace success. How the guilt behind it. I always find it fascinating how there's this guilt. Sometimes I wonder, like, 
do we self-sabotage because we don't want to feel successful because feeling successful makes us feel guilty that other people our parents our abuelitas our tias haven't reached that level of success that we are reaching and therefore again we feel guilty i hope you can join us as you are now part of the socia community where we will hear others success story and how they are embracing success I'm your host, Lucy Ortega, and this was The Socia Effect.